Hey, this is Don Nyam, a.k.a. Stingray, from the movie Undefeatable, and you're listening to the Kung Fu Drive-In Podcast. Welcome to the Kung Fu Drive-In Podcast. Adjust your speaker box, sit back, relax, and remember, your Kung Fu may be good, but mine is better. When a bloodthirsty group of masked killers terrorizes the countryside, a group of fighters band together to try and make a stand. But will their combined skills be enough when faced with a possible traitor in their midst? Welcome to the Kung Fu Drive-In Podcast. I'm your host, Jeff Vita, and in this episode, let's find out what lurks behind the Masked Avengers. Masked Avengers is a 1981 Shaw Brothers film directed by Chang Che, and for the new listeners, first, welcome, and B, this film features some of my favorite characters from the Kung Fu era of the 70s and 80s, and that's the Venom Mob. Now, this isn't the original Venom Mob featured in Five Deadly Venoms, which consisted of Lo Meng, Sun Chen, Chang Shang, Philip Kuo, Lu Feng, and Wai Pei. This was towards the end of Chang Che's run with the Shaw Brothers, and by this time, Wai Pei, Sun Chen, and Lo Meng had moved on to other projects or studios. In their place were new Venom Mob actors Chu Ko, Wang Li, and Chen Shu Ho. So I guess it's like the kung fu version of that 80s boy band Minuto, where they just shuffled in new faces to replace the old and busted band members. Fight scene. The movie opens up in media res with a shot of a fierce-looking trident cutting through the forest air and its hapless victim screaming as he tumbles to the ground. The beleaguered swordsman rolls around and we're introduced to the frightening visage of a demonic mask worn by the swordsman's attacker. The demon isn't messing around as he plunges his trident into the swordsman's gut. The grievously wounded swordsman does his best to hold his entrails in while fighting off the attacker, but he's immediately joined by about half a dozen more of the fellow masked demons and they take turns making Swiss cheese of the guy despite his incredible efforts to fight them off. It does seem a little bit like a cat playing with its wounded prey as they don't outright kill the guy, even though there's a brutal scene of the masked fighters lifting the swordsman up into the air on the tips of their tridents. The blood-soaked swordsman manages to roll his way to a clearing and somehow avoids the storm of tridents that rains down on him. With one more Herculean effort, he slips away, surely to go die in some ditch somewhere. Oh, but no, dear listener, not even a torso that opens up like a loose jacket can stop our swordsman from dragging himself to a great hall where assembled are a number of warriors. We follow a trail of blood and guts left behind by the swordsman as he has made his way not just to the hall to speak with these fighters, but also into a chair where he's seated rather comfortably with his hands over the threads of his chest and stomach. The fighters are listening to the swordsman's harrowing tale when two of his comrades rush in just as he breathes his last breath. We learn that before he kicked the bucket, perhaps after a spot of tea and maybe a band-aid for his boo-boo, our swordsman was able to give some important details about his attackers to the leader of this group, Chi San Yun, here played by Chang Sheng, the hybrid venom from the Five Deadly Venoms. Chang said that all the killers wear masks, and the three chiefs have gold masks, and all of the gang are experts in using the trident. We cut to a dark hideout of some kind where our masked demons are using their deadly tridents on a target. The clay target, however, bleeds, and the masked demons, all hooting and hollering as they dance around maniacally, grab some bowls and start catching the blood as it issues forth. Amidst the unsettling laughing and chaos, one demon takes exception to the party fever. <laughs> For some reason, chicken's blood isn't good enough, but from the shadows, the three golden masked chiefs are revealed as one of them announces that he's got something much better for them. Now, if you're grossed out easily or have a tender constitution, you might want to skip ahead. But for the rest of you, one of the masked chiefs turns a dial on a wall and releases the door in the chest of a statue of Buddha. Behind that door is a flesh and blood torso of a captive prisoner encased within. The chief grabs a trident and thrusts it into his chest, sending a fountain of blood pouring into the cask of wine just below it. 
The masked killers all gleefully step forward with their bowls and begin scooping up the bloody concoction and partying like it's 1999. The chief turns another dial which releases the head of the statue, revealing the screaming prisoner underneath, much to the delight of the other assassins. The chief mocks the predicament of the prisoner, but defiant to the end, the prisoner swears vengeance. You lousy bastards. You smashed our home and you killed 28 of our family. But you're all going to pay for this. I swear it. Our family will take revenge on you. Unfortunately for the prisoner, the chief knows something that he doesn't. Did your brother Tu Ming get away then? And you think he's going to avenge you? That's right. <laughs> the chief motions for one of his soldiers to turn another wheel, which opens up another statue, revealing his brother, bound and prepped to bleed out as well. How do I know that it's his brother? The dialogue in the English dub version that I'm watching doesn't leave much room for interpretation. Brother! 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 Before the demons kill the siblings, they show the pile of silver that they earned when they were contracted to take out this family. It seems that these masked demons are only in it for the cash and chaos. They proceed to kill the brother, and just to reinforce how cruel these guys really are, the chief mocks the prisoner one more time before showing off an impressive bit of trident handling as he twirls it around and leaps high up into the air before launching it into the prisoner's throat. We cut back to our assembled fighters as they decide that they need to trek to a nearby town and seek out a wealthy businessman named Lin Yong Chi here played by Lu Feng, notorious for his roles as the bad guy in the Venom films. In town, after being attended to and groomed by servants, Lin Young Chi graciously receives his visitor Chang Chung, and they retreat to talk business. Meanwhile, elsewhere in town, the group is gathering at a hotel to figure out their next step. They question why a wealthy man like Lin Young Chi would choose such a small town to call home. In this place, there are few good fighters, so it might be a good spot for a gang to have a base. Oh, I see. You think that Lin may be a chief. This little exchange gets overheard by an attendant slash cook walking down the stairs, and we see that it's Philip Quo, the original lizard venom. He's clearly interested in what he heard, but continues lugging stuff out of the hotel where he runs into Lin Young-Chi on his way in. The pair seem to exchange a glance as they pass one another. Mr. Lin continues on ahead to meet with the group and invites them instead to his place to have their summit. Mr. Chi politely refuses his offer as he feels they need to stick together for safety. Settling instead for dinner and drinks, Mr. Lin presses the group leader for more info about the masked killers. After introducing several of his group, Mr. Chi has one of his group recount a personal tale of his family's encounter with the assassins. The fighter, Mr. Han, talks about an incident a month prior when his sister was on her way to her wedding. His brothers were acting as escorts when they were attacked. The two Han swordsmen have to face off against several masked killers in a frantic battle, but they're overwhelmed pretty early. The bride gets bound and taken captive while the brothers have to fight and treat their wounds at the same time. The chiefs get involved in the battle as they cut one of the brothers down brutally. The other brother and his sister get taken away for probably not very nice purposes. Mr. Han remembers that he arrived on the scene only to hear their dying younger brother name the masked killers. Back at the dinner summit, Mr. Chi explains how their intel has led them to this town. Meanwhile, the cook, who seems to know more than he's letting on, has been waiting on the tables, but one of the group, Liang Yong, isn't quite keen on this. Hey, we don't need you hanging around here. Get back to the kitchen. The cook steps to a corner but doesn't leave, which prompts another guy to go up and be a bit more forceful. He shoves the cook, but instead of toppling over, the cook drops into a neat little roll and pops back up to his feet. Mr. Chang is startled by the move, as if he recognizes it, while the cook continues out of the dining hall. Something wrong with that cook. You can't be sure, but still, one thing, he knows Kung Fu. Just now when Yang pushed him, he moved like a real expert. Obviously used to moving fast. 
didn't hurt himself at all. One thing's for sure, that man will bear some watching. While the men wonder if they can trust the cook, Mr. Lin mentions that he thinks he knows him as well, but he can't quite place it. After a few more drinks, Lin decides that he might have had too much to drink and should just spend the night in the hotel with the rest of the group. That night while Mr. Lin sleeps, Mr. Chi sends one of his men over to his house to see what he can find. At the house, the spy skulks through Mr. Lin's office, rifling through files to find anything incriminating. When he doesn't find anything, he dejectedly makes his way out, when he gets a nasty surprise. Fight scene. A masked assassin attacks from the shadows and runs the spy through. Several more killers emerge from the darkness and take turns jabbing their tridents into the spy while they gag his mouth shut to not alert the rest of the house. This poor guy gets shish kebobbed until the killers are able to lift him up over their heads and walk out of the house. They drop their bloody cargo off at the hotel where our spy has managed to hold on just long enough to explain what happened to him before he expires. Lin's house, the killers were there. They all attacked me. No one there heard them. One of them wore gold mask. Mr. Chi, suspecting Mr. Lin's involvement, immediately sends someone to check on him when chaos erupts in the hotel. Fight scene. We cut to another fighter asleep in his bed when a trident rips through him from underneath, lifting him into the air. The masked killer leaps through a window and makes his escape when Mr. Chi and company arrive to make the grisly discovery. They immediately head for Mr. Lin's room, but Lin steps out to get caught up on what's going on. Meanwhile, a few other fighters had gathered at the cook station for a drink of water. As they're horsing around, a trident appears in the shadows, poised to strike, but the cook notices it first and thwarts the attack. The assassin makes his way inside and we get a three-on-one battle with the unarmed fighters using whatever they can find in the kitchen to stave off getting skewered. Interestingly, the cook stands to one side and actually rolls his eyes as the battle rages on around him. While the three fighters are occupied, another trident appears behind them, but the cook spoils that attack as well, alerting the men to the danger. The trident slices through the air with abandon, but the fighters manage to keep them at bay with lids and whatever's lying around. The cook, again, just kind of watches from the sidelines and sees an opportunity tossing a knife at the back of one of the killers, giving his opponent a chance to knock him down and slice his throat. The other killer finds himself outmatched when his opponent disarms him and pins him to a wall where he gets run through with his own trident. The fighters try to thank the cook, but he plays it off like he had nothing to do with their survival. Probo! Sushi Jackknife is a weekly show about depressed children's characters, dead soul of my mother that lives in the moon, and uh... <laughs> and apathetic Jorge shook his head no and walked off. Christmas Tuba Man. You've been brought here on a mission of the most high import Tuba Man. Planets of Miserable Slugs. So on this giant slug planet, I can't get over this idea. Giant slug planet. I, I, I really... There's one musical slug, just one? Just one. Just one? Yeah. And do his song for me and he day? And he just... He only plays it to torment the other slug. Super Bananas from the past. He's a super banana from the past. He's from the past. He went to the future, but he's from the past. Walmart haiku. At last, dreams come true. Bullets, hot pockets, nose spray. All in the same place. <laughs> Original games. Number two. Yes. Who said it? Garrison Keeler or Lil Wayne. Uh-huh. A girl in a bikini is like having a loaded pistol on your coffee table. There's nothing wrong with them, but it's hard to stop thinking about it. But that's Lil Wayne. No, dude. It's Garrison Keeler. Sushi Jackknife is over 50 episodes strong and as binge-worthy as The Vicar of Dibley. No one knows what that is. You're, you're right. I mean, No one knows. I mean, I know what it is. Is it, it necessary that people know what it is? Well, I mean, you just referenced an obscure British sitcom that no one watched. I mean, I watched it. You are literally... The, <laughs> the people on the show didn't watch it. Yeah. Anyway. The opening was a hymn. 
Mm-hmm. I mean, I feel like a lot of people know about hymns. No, but... I, I, no one cares. <laughs> okay. Well, if you want, if it like comes around, like listen to Sushi Jackknife. We're on iTunes and Stitcher and whatever the fuck else. Yeah. Yeah. We exist. <laughs> Mr. Chi arrives to unmask the killers, but finds them to be no one of consequence. They try to piece the rest of it together around Mr. Lin, but since he was asleep in his room when the attack occurred, they can't see how he's involved. They bring the bodies to him, but he can't identify them either, so the guys get into a discussion over who in the town might be considered blood-drinking, masked, assassin, gang leader-type material. There is one man, named Fong Su Kwong, a good fighter. Still, I must admit, he is my enemy. Therefore, people may say I name him out of spite. Please tell me about this man. Be frank. Lin does go on to bullet point all the reasons that Mr. Fong could be the man they're looking for. We jump cut to a masked killer's face in Trident, but it's actually just the cook. Initially, it just looks like he's checking out how he looks in the armor, but he quickly pivots into a thrilling display of Trident handling as he spins and wheels the Trident over, under, and around himself with disturbing ease. It's as if he's handled a weapon before. After his workout, he puts the trident and mask away and heads back to the kitchen with no one the wiser. The next day, the fighters position themselves throughout town to keep an eye on Mr. Fong. They follow him to a restaurant where Mr. Chi already has a seat. The fighter stations themselves outside when the cook happens by. Mr. Chang stops him for some small talk, but gets an ominous message in return. Watch where you go, and beware the butcher. Intrigued, Mr. Chang accompanies the cook to a market where the cook tries to persuade Chang to leave him alone and essentially watch his own back. Chang stubbornly presses the cook for info on who he is. Meanwhile, at the restaurant, one of the guys stationed outside gets distracted from his post when a masked killer pops up and launches a trident into his gut. Back at the hotel, several of the other fighters are catching a meal when Mr. Chi walks in with the body of their fallen comrade and the gold trident that did the deed. While the cook broods in the corner, Mr. Chi makes an observation about Mr. Fong. Fong can't be the chief. At the time Yang was killed, I was watching Fong. Well, if it's not Fong, and it's not Lin... Then who is the chief? Without much else to go on but speculation, Mr. Chi reasons that both Lin and Fong could or could not be the masked killers. In order to eliminate both of them from suspicion, he puts together a plan. I'll invite Fong Su Kwong to meet us at Lin's. Cheng joins me. Rest of you wait nearby Lin's house. When Fong Su Kwong leaves, Chen will follow him. Back in the kitchen, the cook wakes up to find two masked killers standing in the shadows. Not to kill him, but to talk to him. I've been looking for you everywhere. Who'd have thought you were here as a cook? But still, we've got you now. The cook feigns complete ignorance as the assassin starts to ransack his place looking for his gear. They get spooked by somebody approaching. It's Mr. Chang, and he approaches the cook with a plan to infiltrate the gang using the masks and tridents that they've collected. The cook, still standoffish, tries to throw Mr. Chang for a loop by telling him that he's the masked killer chief. Chang doesn't bite, and instead, as a sign of mutual respect, gets to learn the real name of the cook, Cao Yao. Mr. Fong arrives for the summit where he's introduced to the group. Mr. Chi briefs Mr. Fong on their search for the masked killers, but Mr. Fong doesn't seem to know much more than what he's heard. He doesn't mind, however, throwing some shade towards Mr. Lin. I'm sure if they did have their base here, well then, Mr. Lin here would know all about it. I have no idea. I thought you might know. As the meeting continues into the night, a guard stationed outside is blindsided by a killer. 
As the trident is pulled from him, he manages to rip the mask off of his assailant, and a look of shocked recognition crosses his face as he points and crumbles to the ground. The killer rushes off without seeing his face, though, as several of his buddies rush to his side a bit too late. The soldier gives up his last breath before he can name his attacker. Back at the dinner meeting, news arrives that there's been another death. Mr. Chang grabs the gold mask from the body of their friend, while Mr. Chi puts together that he might have seen the chief that did this. Given that both Fong and Lin were in the room when this happened, the group seems to be running out of options, until one of them, Liang Yang, points to the cook. Mr. Chang, however, leaps to his defense. They head over to the kitchen and begin turning it upside down looking for anything that might connect them to the gang. Chang again throws his support behind Mr. Cow. Listen, I did discover Kuo had something hidden here. But after I saw what they were, I moved them and hid them somewhere else. He reveals the trident and the mask just as Cow himself arrives but stays out of sight. Seemingly caught dead to rights, Chang tries to explain Cow's true intentions. He's not the chief. He was only using those things as a method of infiltrating the killer gang. Unfortunately for Chang, his argument is thin and doesn't convince Mr. Chi. They leave to try and regroup when they notice that Cow was there. After they run off to find him, Mr. Lin and Mr. Fong show up and have a cryptic exchange involving Mr. Cow. Unbeknownst to either of them, Mr. Chang stayed behind and has been eavesdropping. Well, Mr. Lin, why are you here? Mr. Fong, why are you here? To see a man and check if he's an old friend. Well, Mr. Fong, if this man is a cook, I've already seen him, and he is an old friend. Meanwhile, Chi and Liang have caught up with Cao in a clearing where they start to connect the dots. Fight scene. Before Chi can act, Liang draws his sword and goes right at Mr. Cao. Unarmed, Cao throws down an amazing display of athleticism and skill as he dodges the sword strokes that come from every angle. The Venom Mob were renowned for their intricate fight choreography, and this battle is no different. There's some trampoline work involved, but the close quarter flips and feints are nothing short of magical. Liang enlists Mr. Chi's help, and using only his fan, Chi enters the fray for what should be a blistering fight. However, before things can get heated, Cao jumps up into the air and snatches a trident, which was thrown from the bushes at just the right moment. A quick glance to the brush highlights a mask, which gives Chi pause, allowing Cao to duck into the bushes where he's met by Mr. Chang. You better go. Hide somewhere. They don't believe you. Back at the hotel, angry accusations are thrown Mr. Chang's way for helping Cao escape. Chang is steadfast in his belief and gets some endorsement from Mr. Chi. Whatever Quo may happen to be, he isn't evil. The plan, though, is to wait until Cao gets back with some more evidence. Meanwhile, at the assassin's lair, a masked figure heads into a central chamber, lined with various naked women in prayer, by the way, where we finally see Mr. Lin meditating. As the masked figure approaches, he removes his mask to reveal Mr. Fong. Number one, we may as well be quite open as we both know who the other is. And so then, there's no need for any masks. Right. From there, we cut back to the hotel where Mr. Chang is waiting for Cao to return. Frustrated at his absence, he heads back to the clearing where they last met, only to be attacked by a masked assassin. It's a half-hearted fight, though, as the killer stops and turns away, revealing himself to be Cao. In another huge reveal, Cao tells Chang that he was, in fact, the number two chief of the gang. Crushed by the apparent betrayal, Chang tries to process this when Cao explains that he was the chief the night of the wedding abduction. He was present when they kidnapped the bride and killed her brothers. However, he drew the line when the goons decided to gang rape the bride. Murder, theft, torture, all good, but rape? No. Everybody draws their line in the sand somewhere, I guess. Right. I'll tell you what. I'm giving notice. I'm quitting this gang. A somewhat relieved Chang learns that Lin and Fong are the chiefs, and there's a new number two that has replaced Cao but even he doesn't know who that is. 
Cao tells Chang that he plans to leave because even if he wanted to help them take down the gang, they'd never fully trust him. Chang has no good argument and can only watch him leave. As he sits contemplating his next move, another masked killer appears and attacks him. Chang, thinking it to be a returning Cao, play fights, but gets a rude awakening when the other two chiefs show up. Hey guys, this is Bill. This is Phineas. And together, we're the Tattooed Bananas. We do a comedy podcast, and on our comedy podcast, we talk about all kinds of wacky crap, like... Nutscaping. I'll tuck you in tonight. Turning your funeral into a funeral. Can I have an ice pop? Can I have a candy? Dick fishing, furniture banging, and so much more. Find us on iTunes, Stitcher, and connect with us with the Potter and Family hashtag on Twitter. Yeah, don't forget to check out the Instagram. Throw a bag of bagels at someone's head. Fight scene. Armed with just his sword, Chang puts up a vicious fight against the chiefs as they come in one at a time. He starts calling them out by name as they move in. Fong removes his mask, as does Lin. When number two steps up, Chang and he engage in a furious exchange until Chang decides he knows who he's fighting. He swipes his sword across the mask, cutting it away to reveal one of his own group. In fact, it's Liang Young, the guy who was pushing the blame onto Cao the whole time and accused Chang of conspiring to help him. For a few minutes, we get to watch an amazing display of weapons handling with the three chiefs throwing their tridents around freely. Chang's swordplay is equally mesmerizing and the combatants go at it hard. Chang looks to be holding his own pretty well until the numbers start to overwhelm him. One slip allows one chief to catch Chang in the shoulder, which then snowballs until he's pinned to a tree by the two chiefs. Mr. Lin provides the finishing blow as he thrusts his spear into Chang's gut. Fearful that their covers have been blown, Lin instructs Fong to call a meeting where the group can be gathered in one place and slaughtered wholesale. As they depart, two travelers spot Chang skewered to the tree and rush off, not wanting to get involved. As they're walking, they discuss what they should do, and they talk about the tridents that pinned Chang to the tree. Cao, who hadn't traveled far, overhears this and rushes back to the clearing to find Chang clinging to life. He learns the identity of the number two chief as Chang dies in his arms. At the hotel, Mr. Chi and Mr. Liang begin plotting out how to gather the troops. Chi, unaware that Liang is the number two chief, worries that Chang hasn't returned. Liang tries to impress that Chang was covering for a killer when Cao makes his dramatic entrance. He tries to explain what happened to Chang, but Mr. Liang keeps interrupting him with accusations. Mr. Chi, however, wants to hear him out. Cao goes on to name Lin and Fong as chiefs and then spills the beans on Liang being the number two. Liang, of course, protests and gets caught up in his own deceit. Now look, don't you listen. The man's lying. Brother Chang is dead now. Can't testify. He can say what he likes. I never said Chang's dead. Not even once. Cao steps to the door and calls out for Chang. The group step to the entrance and see Chang standing against the wall. At this sight, Liang panics and lashes out, revealing his deception and beating a hasty retreat away from the group. The ruse here, of course, is that Chang was dead the entire time and was just propped up against the wall to scare Liang into revealing himself. The group also learn of the gathering order that is meant to convene all the mass killers at the old temple. Mr. Chi thinks that if there's a time to strike, it's now. Liang Yong will go there too. This is our chance. We'll all go there. And we wipe out the whole gang. Different members track various killers to the temple meeting spot, with one pair happening upon the abducted bride. She's drugged up and incoherent and doesn't even recognize her brothers as she stumbles around hazily before getting iced in the back. The brothers turn around to face a small army of masked assassins. Fight scene. It's two on six with swords and spears again as the brothers try to work together to cut the killers down. It's a flurry of activity and the brothers look like they'll be okay until Mr. Lin shows up with a few more of his men. They trap the brothers very easily and lash them to two statues which spin like a carnival knife-throwing target. 
As they spin the captives, several assassins launch their tridents, and all of them hit dead center, leaving the brothers strung up and slowly bleeding out. Liang hurries to the other two chiefs and warns them that their covers are blown and that the fighters are probably on their way to them. Mr. Lin prepares his men to receive their guests while leaving the brothers barely alive on the statues. China's group arrives shortly after, and as Lin predicted, the strung-up brothers save their last breaths to tell the men where the mass killers have gone. They waste no time and hurry after them, but they have to go through a steel circular shutter-style door that is activated by a plate in the wall. They open the door without any issue, but when the first man is halfway through the door, the plate releases, closing the shutter on the guy and slicing him in two. Only then does Cow remember that someone needs to hold the plate in place. Thanks, Cow. Thanks a lot. Are you afraid of what goes bump in the night? Have you or your friends ever pondered a conspiracy? Do you want to know more about the unknown? If so, then put on your tinfoil hat, sit down, and pick up your computer, tablet, or phone. Go to iTunes or YouTube and search for Secret Transmission Podcast and listen to us try to explain the unexplainable. Follow us on Twitter for updates on shows. At Secret Trans Pod. That's S-E-C-R-E-T-T-R-A-N-S-P-O-D. Or you can email us suggestions at secrettransmission at hotmail.com. That's S-E-C-R-E-T-T-R-A-N-S-M-I-S-S-I-O-N at hotmail.com. Final fight. The warriors follow the tunnels into the central chamber that now sits empty. As they step in, the supports behind them collapse, trapping one guy underneath the debris. As the others back into the chamber, a trident emerges from the curtained off alcoves, killing another member. Down to just five guys, the group takes on about 12 mass killers in a chaotic exchange of steel. Many of the Venom mob were the fight choreographers on this film, so everything looks so fluid and natural despite the frenetic mayhem. Mr. Cow dodges and counterpunches with incredible precision, while Mr. Chi uses nothing but his fan to slice and dice the killers with ease. With everything going on, one of the chiefs, Mr. Fong, descends into the chamber on a platform that lowers from the ceiling for a truly dramatic entrance. One of the fighters makes a mad dash for the platform as it's lowering, but before he can get there, he triggers a booby trap that lets loose a bevy of arrows, all aimed at him. Not to be out-entranced, Mr. Liang also descends into the chamber on the platform to find Cow waiting for him. Another fighter charges the platform, but Cao holds him back for a moment, which allows Liang to show off his trident handling skills in bizarre fashion. As if it were some kind of baton twirling competition, Liang begins to go through several trident handling tricks to show off just how adept he is at his weapon. He finishes with a high leg grab, to which Cao responds by allowing the other guy to go in and charge Liang anyway. Now, because the arrows in the previous booby trap were all exhausted, you might be forgiven for thinking that there are no traps left in those walls. Well, you'd be wrong because as this guy makes his charge, acid begins shooting out of the walls, bathing the poor guy in painfully corrosive goodness. Having been a number two chief, one would think that Cow would have known at least a little bit about these traps. Maybe just a little? And speaking of traps, another of their number gets overwhelmed by the flying tridents and gets thrown against the wall from which protrude lots of pointy blades. This leaves just Mr. Cow and Mr. Chi to square off against the rest of the masked assassins. Oh, and of course, number one chief, Mr. Lin, also descends on the platform to cap off all the dramatic entrances. You think there's a green room for the chiefs upstairs where they psych themselves up for murder? Anyway, Mr. Lin, along with two personal henchmen, get right to business against Mr. Chi and his fan, but the henchmen find out fairly quickly that the fan is more than just paper and wood. Chi deflects their blows and slices through the henchmen with ease. And while this is going on, Cow is busy holding off a whole number of assassins in a thrilling non-stop battle. The fight whittles down to just the three chiefs versus the two heroes, and really, it's a riveting fight sequence that just seems to keep going without letting up. 
Mr. Fong is the first to give up the ghost, leaving Cao against Liang and Chi versus Lin. The Chi-Lin fight has Mr. Chi break out a steel ring as a weapon, which, if you're familiar with the other Venomob movies, is a thing of beauty when wielded by Chang Sheng. It's part dance, part circus act, part kung fu, part electric boogaloo, and it's all amazing. Meanwhile, Cao and Liang mix in a little bit of wire work in their battle as they fly across the room at each other in an effort to draw first blood. After they get disarmed, there's a great scene where both fighters jump towards the ceiling where their weapons are lodged, and very reminiscent of Philip Quo's turn as the lizard, both fighters momentarily stick to the wall like Spider-Man before dropping back to the ground. Cao hits the ground first, and as Liang is falling towards him, he springs from the ground, still on his back, and cuts across Liang, who drops stone dead. With Liang out of the way, it's left to Mr. Lin against Cao and Chi in a fantastic sequence that straight up defies the laws of physics. Outmatched in skill alone, Lin resorts to using some trickery to give himself some breathing room. He rushes around the room, scooping up the fallen tridents, and one by one, sends them flying into the air, where one by one, they remain suspended, in a spin, above the floor. Gravity, it seems, is selective now because they stay up there while the fight continues. Unfortunately for Lin, the combined skills of the ring and the trident are too much for him, as Cao and Chi grab hold of Lin and suspend them horizontally, just long enough for the anti-gravity engine to turn off, sending the tridents crashing down and burying themselves in Lin's torso. Cao and Chi are left to walk off and close the chapter on this dark, violent, and somewhat gory whodunit, but it's an absolute classic for Venom Mob fans and Kung Fu fans in general. The film is available on iTunes and Google Play and is very much worth checking out for the incredible fight choreography alone. Now speaking of incredible, I want to shout out the incredible podcast Jake and Tom Conquer the World, formerly known as the Drunken Dorks, for consistently putting out a great show that covers pop culture geekery from comics to movies and everything in between. For those of us in the Potter and Family Circle on Twitter, these guys are the absolute ambassadors of Quan when they support the whole podcast movement and everyone involved. Give the show a listen because you'll be totally engaged and you just might have yourself a good time. Speaking of which, it was a Jake and Tom tweet for us that Ain't It Cool Head Honcho Harry Knowles himself retweeted, which confirms my long-held suspicions that Harry's actually a ginger ninja. I also want to shout out Listener Pursued Gore and the El Rey Network for the awesome review in iTunes. For those who don't get the El Rey Network, every Thursday these guys showcase some great kung fu flicks, and hey, El Rey, if you ever need an interstitial host to introduce those films, or if you feel like making the Kung Fu Drive-In podcast the official podcast of the El Rey Network, Go ahead and give me a call. Okay, gang, that's going to do it for this week. As always, hit me up on Twitter at Kung Fu Drive-In, same on Instagram or on Facebook, or just drop me an email at kungfudrivein at gmail.com. Until next week, Poison Clan, peace. Welcome to the tea house, ready for some action. Drink a little wine, we're getting drunk and then we're fighting. Ha! This time we swap. We smash the place up with a dragon claws. We're walking to the tea house, ready for some action. Drink a little wine, we're getting drunk and then we're fighting. Ha! This time we swap. We smash the place up with a dragon claws. I see the iron fisted monk before the daily prayers. Shouting monks on the hands, running down the thousand stairs. The fate of Lee Khan now's in King Yu's hands. With the fearless idea rolling over the land. Yeah, the little this soldier is older than wiser He wants a world of peace because he doesn't want to fight Yo, got the venom mob laying down the law Bruce Lee delivered kicks, guaranteed to raise jars Fight for the cars, then pause, hear the applause Not again, back kicks will defeat the outlaws Very good, but more
holds no hit back Yeah, the death jewels here, David D is coming back The Tai Chi master, Jet Li's even faster Bitch had a little drink because he is the drunken master Once upon a time a shiner Rosamund Kwan is real fine, but see Maggie show his spine Golden Swallow has arrived Shang-Chi movies will the hero will survive We've got the brave archer make his way to the top Of the mountain gonna fight, may as well pick the spot Yeah, the sky goes black, cause the vampire's back We've got Lam Ching Ying to kill them all, so stand back He plays the black magic on the soul of the sword And our sword will travel until his body's on floors Yeah, Wing Chun Shaolin and Mantis style Yeah, defeat the enemy and watch him run for miles Blood will spill now on the mountain tops When we bring back the soul of the legendary Pops Walking to the tea house, belly for some action Drink a little wine, we're getting drunk and then we're fighting Ha! This time it's war We smash the place up with a dragon claws We're walking to the tea house, ready for some action Drink a little wine, we're getting drunk and then we're fighting Ha! This time it's war We smash the place up with a dragon claw See it's a game of death yo You're facing the big boss It's once upon a time in China counting the TikTok The Shogun assassin slash and blood just drip drop The head kick, neck drop, balance the bone stop Wanna kill Bill, better get the assassins He's got Irma just in yellow but she isn't the dragon But in the tea rooms, that's where it'll happen She got the bodies on the floor When the blood it'll splatter against the walls No fear at all, to kill them all There's always blood spilled when you head into a war Fearless, unleashed the fist of legend that they call Jet Li I'm Bolo Young, yo, I'll always be a beast You rumble in the Bronx, yo, I'm rumbling the streets And it's simple, see the facts are these It's only ever gonna be one Bruce Lee Walking to the tea house, ready for some action Drink a little wine, we're getting drunk and then we're fighting Ha! This time it's war To smash the place up with a dragon claws We're walking to the tea house, ready for some action Drink a little wine